2: and empowerment.
0: As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and in godly things.
1: If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh oh. Uh oh.
0: Erin Addison.
1: On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. We are broadcasting. Um, I feel like I've been saying this a lot lately. We are live <laughs> and direct um, at the Waterway Marriott in the mm-hmm. woodlands. Uh, we're in Texas. We're at the Texas Homeschool Convention yes. and my goodness, it's pretty big. Like there's a there's a lot well, happening everything here. Is in a, big everything in Texas. is bigger Come on. in Texas. There's you a know. lot happening here. There's a lot of people <laughs> moving about. So we are broadcasting in a very open space. If people stop by and say hi, you're going to hear that. So uh, anyway, but it's it's great it may to Maybe say be, howdy. May,
0: <laughs> is that a stereotype? That's, that uh? is a stereotype. Okay.
1: But Texans will take it. They don't. They are bold enough to take it, so so that is okay. Um, We've got uh, a lot on deck today. I want to talk about, of course, what's going on in the culture, and then also we are going to um, discuss the book, everything you need to know about homeschooling. We are taking these opportunities to broadcast from the conventions that we're speaking at because we feel like there are so many inquiries. Um, People are curious about homeschooling, and for good reason. Yeah. And so we field a lot of questions. There are a lot of emails that come into the American Family Association with people just kind of exploring their options. You know, what is out there for us? What's out there for our family? And so we feel like if we continue to cover on air what we're doing, it provides an opportunity for a window into the homeschooling community. Uh, Some of those who are um, the leaders in the homeschooling community, those who have resources out there. Some parents are just desperate to know kind of where do I start, even just to kind of look into it. I've heard a lot about this. And uh, Lord knows, I can see what's going on in the culture. Mm-hmm. And maybe for some of our listeners, private schooling is not an option mm-hmm. because it would just be cost prohibitive. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you uh, that homeschooling for many people, I'm not going to say for everyone because I understand that each circumstance is unique. Right. But I would say for many people, homeschooling is not cost prohibitive. Yeah. You you can do this um You can do this. I I just I just will say, you know, for a fraction of what you might imagine, um, I was surprised because we have been in both worlds. We've gone from um, publicly educating our kids. Even we had one kid in private school Mm -hmm. for a time to homeschooling. And I feel like just in homeschooling, we saved so much, not only our sanity. And, and realizing that we didn't have to recreate a lot of the extras that make up the school day, but that we could um, educate our kids at home and fill the day with the things that that were of utmost importance to us. That's and spend right. Time and on those things. And
0: I would say, you know, given uh, what's been going on and what we see so clearly now, yes. you know, it has to be a matter of prayer for every family. Every yes. Christian family should at least uh, pray about what God wants them to do as far as um, the education and discipleship of their children. That's right. And so there's a lot of uh, resources. As I, as we go to these different conferences, I see a, a lot of resources, so a lot many. of help. Oh, my goodness. You, know? you don't have to do it alone. Yeah, because some people may feel like, well, I don't even know the first thing. Well, if you have a, a conference, a convention in your area, that would be a, good, a great place to start because there's a lot of resources. There, there are a lot of people who have, you know, a lot of wisdom about what to do. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a great, great event to, to even start off with. And we, we actually met. Uh, someone who was just about to start homeschooling. Oh,
1: my goodness. And it was her first convention. Her first convention. Um, this was um, Inch. This was in mm-hmm. Michigan. In Michigan. That's and, right. And um, dear sister in the Lord, she said that she came this night, and it was only one night that she was going to be able to attend. Right. Um, she and her husband had been praying and, and really seeking the Lord about what they were going to do and the education of their kids. They have three kids, if I'm not mistaken, and one of their sons um, had special needs. And yeah. so she said, we came tonight. Or I came tonight, she was there with her daughter, and she had just been seeking the Lord because they saw the direction that their school was going, and they saw the influence that it was having over their kids, and, and she said they were just disturbed by it. They were bothered mm. by it, and they're trying to see Christ formed in their children, like so yeah. many of us, right? Yeah. That this is what we desire, and she said, I came, I only had one shot. It was just tonight, and I prayed, Lord, if this is your will, would you speak Clearly to me, yeah. Would you speak clearly and let me know that this is the direction that you're leading our family in? Right. And would you believe the Lord did just that? Amen. And we had an Amen. opportunity to talk to her after the session that night, and she just shared with us her heart. Mm. And she's in the place where so many of us as parents are. We want the absolute best for our kids, and what we're afraid to admit is that the culture has defined the quote unquote best for our kids. Mm. The culture has told us, well, these are the best steps to take. For the best outcome. But what we don't understand, what we don't realize, is that the culture has also determined what that outcome ought to be. Mm. Here's what you should desire. Here's what you should want for your kids. Well, what we are constantly saying in the homeschooling community is that we want God's desire for our kids. And first and foremost, above anything else, and I can say this without fear of somebody coming back and saying, Well, have you considered? No, no, no. First and foremost, what Mm. we know is that God wants to be known by our children.
0: Amen. God wants
1: our children to know him. God wants them to be in relationship with him. And so if we can set that as our first aim, kind Mm. of the seeking first the kingdom, right? (laughs) Then all of the things that we're concerned about, will they be successful? Will they be able to navigate life? Are they gonna be financially stable? These are things that we're not wrong to care about these things. But they cannot be the first thing that we care about. The first thing that we care about must be Christ being formed in our children, our children growing to love the Lord and to serve him with the entirety of who they are. And I think if we can get those things right, then we actually will begin to make better decisions.
0: Yeah, and it's basically following what God has already laid out in Scripture. That's right. You know, it was intended that the family, through the family, and I've said this many times, that the gospel would have its first stop. Amen. You know, that the children would hear about the Lord and the goodness of God uh, in the family context. Amen. And I believe that if we get our families on track as far as discipleship and really uh, rearing them up in the way of the Lord... We see revival in America. Now I know there are things happening around the country. You know, praise God. But man, if the family uh, has been so dysfunctional on different oh, levels, man. man, if we get back to God in the in our in our families, I, I feel like God would do some amazing things, and it would it would last throughout some lifetimes. That's because, exactly right. You know, we have to turn this thing around. Yeah. You know, I mean,
1: think about the kind of nation that we lived in when families were strong. Yeah think about that and and i'm this is not too too long ago but think about when we made much of the family when we were free to acknowledge that God actually has a design for the family, Mm. that God actually has an intent for the family, the way it is to be comprised and the way it is to function. There was a time when we could freely discuss that and we could freely set that as our aim because it wasn't just a Western prescription for family. This is God's design for family. Think about before we allowed all these ideologies to infiltrate the way we think, we had a different nation we had a different Mm. culture we had a different foundation that we operated from and Mm. our nation was different if we are to get back to that it's not going to come by way of circumventing the family Mm -hmm. it's not going to come by way of trying to create a new type of family or a different family it's going to be getting back to what god has already prescribed and it's going to be getting back to agreement that what he has already prescribed is actually good that's right. and it's we sh- it's worthy of our aim. That's we should right. be aiming right. for this. Yeah. And so anyway, I think that among other things, um, educating our kids at home allows us the opportunity to do it. And so if you've been Amen. praying about it, continue on yes. praying and asking the Lord. But this is the time where families start to make the decision, hey, what am I going to do next year? Yeah. Do I want to continue at the rate that I'm going? Is it time for a change? And so we're bringing you all of these um, broadcasts. And, and in fact, I think we have one more, uh, and that's going to be next week will mm. be in Virginia, in Richmond, Virginia, um, at HEAV. And so we're looking forward to that. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, and we'll talk more about that when we get there. Yes. Okay. So, um, I want to talk about what's going on in the culture today, if okay. I can make just a kind of an abrupt shift, because I know that we have a guest coming on with us in the last segment of the show. Um, I am, I'm really kind of disappointed and I want to be very careful and very measured in the way that I talk about what's going on with Chick-fil-A. And I want to say this very publicly and very carefully. Our family, as would be the case for many families, um, have invested a lot in the ministry of (laughs) Chick-fil-A. We have sown into this ministry of Chick-fil-A, okay? This ministry of chicken and fries and, I mean, we have sown into it, okay, over the years a lot. And certainly as our family has grown, um, our investment in this ministry has also grown. So... Let me just say that. If you remember um, the early days of listening to our show on, on AFR oh, when man. we made the switch from <laughs> urban, we actually had something every Friday. It was yes. called chick fil chick fil Activism Day. Yes. chick fil Activism. Yes. So we saw it as our activist duty to go to Chick-fil-A every Friday in the face of all the liberals, <laughs> in the face of all the haters of Chick-fil-A. Um, we were very public about it. We posted about it. We talked about it on air. Every Friday was Chick-fil-A Activism Day. Yes, right. And we even had a Friday where we gave away Chick-fil-A gift cards because yeah. we had been given these by our local Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And, and then, if you remember, Chick-fil-A um, kind of stopped giving to pro-family organizations um, and people were trying to figure out what that meant. And, and let me specifically get... Um, okay, so let's see. I want to make sure that I list the name of the organization. I thought I had it here where Chick-fil-A stopped its giving. I don't have it here immediately in front of me. I'm going to find it and and we'll talk about it a little bit. Um, But I remember feeling like, okay, Chick-fil-A seems to be kind of turning its back on the Christian community saying or suggesting even slightly that as a corporate entity, we will not give money to organizations that are pro-family and pro-biblical marriage that this was sort of a we're pulling away from these organizations that are being classified as hate groups right and so (laughs) when we learned about this um, we decided that we would no longer publicly promote um, Chick-fil-A activism day yeah now what we also did was we kind of pulled back from buying Chick-fil-A so much. Took a right? break. We, we just like, took a break.
0: Yeah, we don't need to And it was it, our no.
1: way of sending a message and saying, right. hey, to corporate Chick-fil-A, that's a bad move. Okay, yeah. you're throwing Christians under the bus. That's a bad move. We resumed the purchase of Chick-fil-A. And I'll tell you what our conflict was. Our local Chick-fil-A is owned by an incredible Christian man.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We, we believe in the business that he's running. We believe in what he is doing. And so as we we thought about this and we talked about this, we thought, man, okay, we are going to these other stores that they are not run locally by Christian owners, you know what I mean? And so we want to support our brother. We want to do well to everyone, but especially to the household of faith. So we kind of had this conflict going on, but we thought, man, you know, we really appreciate our local Chick-fil-A owner. Yeah. Well, now here there is new information coming out that what it appears, and, and I, I want to be careful, it appears that Chick-fil-A was sort of on this continuum that most corporations are on, where they become more and more and more woke. <laughs> and, and it pains me to say this. Like, I, I, just, I just want people to understand. Man. You know, when you think of companies that are the holdouts, mm-hmm. and you think of the organizations that are faithful, and, and continuing on and what we have learned and what we have been yeah. taught you think of Chick-fil-A you think of, hobby, you think of hobby exactly right you, know, yeah. you think those are the mainstays right. that are sort of like you know not. I wouldn't say and people will understand this reference I wouldn't say too big to fail but I would say too committed to turn
0: yeah, That's how I would've yeah.
1: described them. Too they have, committed yeah. to turn.
0: Some integrity. Like, There's a lot well, of
1: integrity there.
0: They stand on principle. You know, yes. so no matter where the culture is going you can kind of see that they're going to stand firm yeah. and I would have put Chick-fil-A in that category. Absolutely, willing but, to
1: put their neck on the line, yeah. willing to defend and and protect the truth of God's word, right? Yeah. And so then the outflow of that is everything else that you saw, but primarily defending and protecting the truth of God's word. So here is the story, the Daily Signal, among other outlets reporting that apparently Chick-fil-A has gone on and fully appointed um, this, let's see, what is his official title? Um, a DEI director. We know what that is. Okay. <laughs> DEI director. And so right. we'll, we'll talk a little bit about this. Um, Eric McReynolds, mm-hmm. uh, right, um, is the new person who has been listed as the director of diversity, <laughs> equity, and inclusion.
0: <sighs> <laughs> yep.
1: Um, I say, I say director, it's actually vice president of diversity, equity and inclusion. He's the vice president of diversity, equity and inclusion. And Chick-fil-A is announcing this proudly, not not, you know, um, at all concerned Mm. of the repercussions of this. And so we want to talk a little bit about that. We'll get more into it in the second segment. Uh, and then also encourage you in ways that you can stand uh, in this month where so many of us are oh, reminded man. that yeah. people do not fear God. There's no fear of God in their eyes. But we have a response. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. temporary to
0: Was temporary to, eternal. Eternal. Was temporary to eternal. Eternal. My stuff is sitting down thinking staring at the trees. Go, you don't ever leave. You never
1: leave. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Boy, do we appreciate you listening. We are broadcasting from the Texas Homeschool Convention in the Woodlands. And um, mm-hmm. man, we're excited to be here, uh, keep you up to date on what's happening on the homeschool front and maybe get you thinking about what your options are as you edu- educate your children. Yeah. Uh, but right now we're talking about uh, just what's going on in the culture. And unfortunately, we're talking about Chick-fil-A, but not in the best of of ways here hmm. um, because of the new revelation of a position announcement coming from Chick-fil-A. We'll talk about what the implications of that announcement, um, what, what they are. Um, I'm Miki. And I'm Will. All right. Um, Chick-fil-A has joined the cultural revolution. This is uh, Jared Stetman writing for Man. The Daily Signal. <laughs> Uh, Social media was buzzing on Tuesday about Chick-fil-A announcing the hiring of a vice president of diversity, equity and inclusion. Eric McReynolds is his name. He's been with the company for 16 years Mm -hmm. in another capacity, but has now um, and has been involved with the DEI initiative since 2021. But has now been appointed to the position, the position of vice president of Mm -hmm. diversity, equity and inclusion. And Mm -hmm. we used to joke about this. And I will just tell you, you know, if it's one of those things where. You can feel like, okay, we see the tide changing. we see things shifting. Um, it's going to be uh, when you announce a vice president. One of our guests just uh, just arrived. I just wanted, I didn't want her to move by. Okay, <laughs> that's for people who are watching. Like, why is she waving? Because our <laughs> guest, who's in on the next segment, is just arrived. Okay, um, but let me let me get back to this article here because I really want to make sure that we get in a conversation around this. So Chick Fil A's commitment to being a better. This is their statement, okay, regarding their diversity, equity, and inclusion shift. Okay. This is their statement. Chick-fil-A, um, Chick-fil-A is an, a commitment to being better at together. Being better at together means embedding diversity, equity, and inclusion in everything we do. Wow.
0: Now wow. I want you to
1: think about this. Oh, Lord, help me to, to go as quickly as I can on this. Okay. I want you to think about this. Yeah. When you walk into a Chick-fil-A, Have you ever walked into a Chick-fil-A and felt like you were the other? Like, felt like, oh, I don't matter. I don't know. Like, I, there are places that I've walked in and quite the opposite. (laughs) Okay. There are places that I've walked into and I've thought, do you even care that I'm here? Right. You know, I've thought, does it matter if I spend any dollars here? And, you know, but Chick-fil-A, praise the Lord, has not been, it's not been that for them.
0: No, not at all. I, I mean, I've never got that feeling, and I wonder if they just believe that nobody really understands what these uh, this title means. No, you know, because I
1: think they understand, to <laughs> but, <laughs> but sorry, so yeah. so they don't care. I don't think I, I Man, think it's that's, just that's it's, wild
0: to me because I yeah. think
1: what we began to see as Chick Fil A was trying to outrun this reputation of being that restaurant. And it, to me, it appeared that Chick-fil-A was trying to outrun almost the legend that is being associated with Christians or being yeah, loved by yeah. believers and, and being celebrated by believers. And so you saw this with the move to to, to no longer fund um, FCA, thanks to our sister Kathy for helping us remember that, FCA, but also yeah. the Salvation Army.
0: Right, right.
1: And, and, and the reasons for doing that. Um, so I think it was important for us to to recognize that this was always kind of on the horizon. Man. But then you add to that, there was a video where there was like a conference at a church where you had um, Lecrae getting his shoes shined by <laughs> uh, the CEO of Chick-fil-A. And, and I remember at the time we talked about it on the air. And it's just one of those moves that it's like.
0: It's, it's a dead giveaway move. Why Be are like, you
1: cleaning yeah, off? Why are you yeah. buffing? Out Lecrae's shoes, and why are you apologizing um, for things that you have not done? You know what I mean. And and but all of those things are sort of like the virtue signals of our culture that has been held hostage by a critical theory ideology. That's it. All across the board, right? So, getting back to this article. Um, This article looks at what Christopher Rufo has uncovered, which Christopher Rufo has done incredible work in uncovering how insidious DEI is and how corporations have given in almost succumbing to the pressure to to be recognized as a company that is inclusive, a a company that is celebrating the so-called others. Mm. And so anyway, Chick-fil-A now has seemingly embraced this transformation. Um, What does this mean? For us, well, I think as Christians, you just have to watch Mm -hmm. and I think you have to pay attention to what's going on because here's here's what I think Chick-fil-A will learn. And here's what I think Chick-fil-A's customers will also learn Mm -hmm. Um, when you appoint a vice president of DEI. Yeah. You are signaling to a rabid culture that you are fully on board and that all of your defenses are down. That's it. You are That's saying it. we no longer are employing discernment in our daily operations. You're saying we submit to the cultural handbook. Yeah. And so what, I, what I'm concerned that we will eventually see, if not in some Chick-fil-A stores all across this country already, what I'm concerned that we will eventually see is what you see in other corporations that now that you have a VP of DEI, you're also gonna have moves to sort of get that corporate equality index up. You're gonna have moves to see what areas are we deficit in or deficient in, like what, what areas do we need to, to bolster so that we are actually doing our part to represent the culture right. right to represent those who are underrepresented in culture right. and i think this is something that we're going to see increasingly because you have to it's a yeah. necessity once you once you raise that flag of surrender and say we give into the culture mm-hmm. there are just certain expectations that accompany that
0: you're you're saying that this is of the utmost importance yes and we will you know do what we need to do to make sure that we're uh, valued or are seen as being on your side in, in this whole culture war. Mm-hmm. Like, to have that, because I, I, I don't know if people really understand, that's almost like the entry point of, like, opening up the door for everything else that will come in after that. Because you have to submit, you know, to all those tenants to be able to be favored on that, to have a favorite score, you know, within your company. And so the thing is, I think, you know, it's not overstated It's not overstated to say, like, man, this is uh, the opening up of what's, you know, is going to be seen as, uh, you know, just this whole move to wokeness. Yes. I don't think that's overstated. I I think we should just watch. I I think, you know, we don't want to, you know, Put the cart before the horse, but this sure. is definitely a signal that those type of changes are, are are coming.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately, I think that there are some people who are in positions who have not secured, and we talk about this a lot. They have not secured that breastplate of righteousness, oh. where your heart would yeah. lead you in a direction. So, if if we want to err on the side of being, um, you know, charitable toward Chick Fil A, then we would say that there are some people in positions. Of power, and I I mean that for what it means, that you are controlling outcomes, you are determining the direction of your corporation, your company. I think that there are some people in those positions who are being controlled, and this is me being charitable, being controlled by a heart that is not protected by righteousness, and asking some very basic questions. Okay, do we need to do this? Are there ways that we can measure that we have failed specific people that we need to adopt this type of cultural norm as far as corporations are concerned? I think if they really did a deep dive into that and they really asked those questions, I think they would find no, Mm -hmm. you know. And and man, I anyway, if I could if I could stand in a boardroom at some of these corporations, these are the kinds of questions that I would ask. And this these this is the type of pushback that I would give. And, And honestly, I'll just be straight up with people. I think coming from a person who's in the skin hue that I'm in, you know, to be able to say, hold on a second, do we understand where this is taking us? Do we understand what this is going to mean as the follow-up for us now announcing this and making a big deal about kind of like entering into this stronghold that is diversity, equity, and, conclu- and conclusion. <laughs> yeah, <it> is,
0: <laughs> you wish. It, it you is win, a conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> diversity,
1: equity, and inclusion. Anyway, I think it's going to be a huge dust-up. Yeah. I want to say this though, I think this is really interesting. We've been talking a lot about Um, Target, and we're talking about (laughs) Anheuser-Busch, it's always fascinating to me to see how those who are totally immersed in this culture of sexual rebellion against God um, by way of identity and and sexual practice, all of the the things, it's always interesting to me to see how they perceive um, faithful Christians pushing back against what is being pushed Mm. on us. Mm. And so this is really interesting. The human rights campaign just yesterday (laughs) had a mass mailer. And I won't tell you how I got this mass mailer. But um, (laughs) anyway, they had a mass mailer that, um, you know, they sent out to their email list. And this is how they are framing what's happening with Target, what's happening with Anheuser-Busch. And you know, If we we see things continuing, because there's also been some mention that, you know, um, there's some people who are calling for a boycott, saying if if this is what Chick-fil-A wants to do, then we're just not going to eat their chicken, which people are well within their right to do that. I think it's sad to have gone from a boycott. You remember Huckabee? (laughs) We had a a day of boycotting where we were going to buy Chick-fil-A because Chick-fil-A was being attacked by the left. And man, the family of God like showed up. We Man, you did not remember that? How can you forget that? We <laughs> sat in a line that was, well, it's normal for the lines to be wrapped around <laughs> the <Right. a> store. <laughs> right. But, I mean, this was unusually long because it was a day that Governor Huckabee at the time called for everybody to buy Chick-fil-A on this day because the left was coming after Chick-fil-A and saying yeah. there was a hateful corporation and all of these things. Anyway, and now people are considering a boycott of Chick-fil-A. I think that's really, really sad. But so the human rights campaign uh, is responding to what's going on with Target and what's going on with Anheuser-Busch. And this is their mailer. I want you guys to just listen to this. this is very interesting to hear the way they rally the troops um, in their response to people saying, stop pushing your lifestyle on me. That's what people are saying, by the way. So here we go. Um, it's addressed to the person, to whom it's addressed to, okay, in this mass mailer. And, and then it says, extremist groups, extremist groups are using every trick in the book. Now remember, You're going to have to make a mental shift. This is from the human rights campaign. Mm -hmm. Okay. Extremist groups are using every trick in the book to put lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer people back in the closet. Their latest move? Pressuring our corporate allies with fear tactics, harassment, and intimidation. Pause for a second. That actually sounds exactly like them. Mm. That is what they do. But listen, as they accuse faithful Americans, okay, who are just saying, we just want to live life peacefully. Like, we don't want to get into this with you, but why do you have to come after us? Why do you have to come after our children? And so they are saying that we are using fear tactics, harassment and intimidation, when in fact let the record show that this is what they do. Mm. Here we go. Corporations like Target and Anheuser-Busch have an opportunity to do the right thing. To stand by their values of diversity, equity and inclusion. (laughs) The Human Rights Campaign Uh, is urging every member to call their companies or call these companies and go on record as supporters of equality who will not back down to extremists who aim to divide us. And then there are hyperlinks in this mailer. There are hyperlinks making it easy for the person who would want to take action to actually then take action. Mm. Now, I want you to think about this. So as Christians, this goes back to what we were talking about even just last week. We don't want to push back. Or earlier this week, we don't want to push back quietly. Mm-hmm. Right. We we want to say what it is that we're doing. We we want to make sure these companies understand yeah. that what you're what you are doing or what you're attempting to do is not okay with us. Right. And the human rights campaign is saying. We need to do the same thing in the opposite direction. Like, Mm -hmm. we need to let these companies know, hey, it's not okay for you to throw us under the bus. I think (laughs) it's so interesting the way this is working out.
0: It is interesting. And I think, you know, Christians, we need to take note that there are going to be times where we need to be very vocal, Mm -hmm. you know, and not have this attitude of uh, passivity where it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, uh, no, no, no. There is something that we can say. And there are times when we should speak and speak loud. That's right. You know, That's I, right. I think uh, the enemy and, and ones on that side, they understand that full well. They, they speak loud about all kinds of things, you know, but it would be us as Christians that kind of seem held back by by things that we should be so loud about, you know, especially when it pertains to the things that we're talking about today.
1: Yeah, and, and on that note, I want to say this as we are loudly resisting, as we are standing against um, what is really sort of the the infiltration of radical sexual ideology into our culture and the celebration of it, this this was always the aim, this was always the end. We have to remember that there are people and eternities attached to what's going on.
0: That's right. And I that's think right. that's
1: what kind of humanizes and helps us to find our compassion. Remember that when the Lord Jesus looked upon people who were lost mm. and who needed help, man, he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. That's and right. what did he do? He didn't just feel with them. No, he was moved <laughs> with compassion and he taught them, taught them many things. And so we have to re- remember that behind this ideology and behind this month that is such a taxing month. For so many christians right you think about what is commonly called now pride month and i want to be careful because i don't want to i don't want to be found inadvertently celebrating this so i'm very careful about saying that like kind of normalizing that Mm. so what you'll hear me saying throughout the month is you know what this month means for some people you know what is being celebrated because i don't want to normalize the coining of terms right so but here's what i want to remind our listeners You often reach out to us with questions, how do we respond to this type of brokenness? You know, how do we equip our kids? And so we want to make available to you uh, a few cultural institute resources here from the American Family Association that you can sit down and watch and then get up with a working understanding of how to respond to the culture. Number one, um, practical ways to minister to the sexually broken practical ways to minister to the sexually broken. This was hosted by Stephen Black and Laura Lee Stanlake. And this is going to be a blessing to you because remember, even though the other side, and I hate to speak of it in those terms, even though the other side is fueled by hate and aggression and anger, We are fueled by love. We are fueled by compassion. So we want to be able to respond. We want to be able to share with people the love, the redeeming love of Jesus Christ. And so I want to make sure that we get that. And we'll be talking about that throughout the month. Um, Our listeners can get a hold of this kind of content for free. By going to streaming.afa.net That's streaming.afa.net If you want to get a DVD You prefer that You can go to resources.afa.net That's resources.afa.net There's also another resource out there From the American Family Association The Theological Error of Gay Christianity All right, Mm -hmm. we'll be talking more about this As we go through this month It's a taxing month But we can get through it together We'll be back on the other side of the break Stay right there I'm Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, we are making a quick shift. We're going to go back to, as you know, we are broadcasting from the Texas Homeschool Convention mm-hmm. in the Woodlands, and uh, we're going to go back to talking about homeschooling here. We've got Leanne Garfius with us, and we're super excited because she has written the comprehensive book on homeschooling. Uh, that was
0: comprehensive. Okay,
1: This, this if, <laughs> if you have a question and it's not answered in this book, you don't need to ask oh, that question. <laughs> you just forget about that question. Don't you worry about that. It's going to be answered in the sweet by and by. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, so the book is Everything You Need to Know About Homeschooling. A comprehensive, mm. that is such a bold, like a comprehensive, easy to use guide for the journey from early learning through graduation. Can I just say that when i when i hear comprehensive and easy to use i usually see those things like kind of at odds with one another right <laughs> mutually exclusive <laughs> but no it's not because you've walked through you've been doing this for a number of years you were homeschooled yourself yes you've homeschooled three yes. of your six kids have graduated from homeschooling yes and so when did you find the time like this is not like <laughs> You didn't write this on like a, a little sticky note. This is like true investment of time.
2: It is. It took me 10 months to write the book. And then if you're in publishing, you know it, it takes another couple of years before it goes through the publishing process but I worked on this in the afternoons I've gotten really good at time management and like I'm speaking here at the conference I believe that you can effectively homeschool your kids in just a couple hours every morning and let your kids then use their free time to expand their minds, to be bored, to do their own projects, to do their own things because that's the way children really learn. So while they were learning I was learning and writing this book and you're right it's kind of an oxymoron more on that. It's comprehensive and easy to use, but I wrote it to be like a dictionary or an encyclopedia. There's a really good index in it. Everything's really well organized, so you can go right to the information you need, find the answer you're looking for, and then get right back to homeschooling again.
1: I think Mm -hmm. this is great for parents who right now, because there are a lot of people who are wrapping up their school year, homeschooling parents, traditional schooling parents, private school, all of that, they're wrapping up and now they're praying about what to do. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, homeschooling is recently on their radar because it's kind of increased in its popularity and um, also the level of acceptability. More and more people are saying, oh, okay, yeah, that's okay. You can homeschool, right? Like as if we needed permission. (laughs) But uh, there there are a lot of people feeling like it's okay. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really handy to have a book that can kind of analyze answer so many questions all in one place talk to the parents who are praying about homeschooling who feel like i cannot adequately give my kids all that they need they are thinking about Maybe the way they were educated. And mm-hmm. so we were not homeschooled. We were educated in a public school system. And in my mind, when I went into homeschooling, I'm thinking seven hours, eight <laughs> hours, you, you know, and you're just thinking of filling the day and how do you get in all of these different subjects. Mm-hmm. So when you say something like, done with school by lunch. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Right? But the education continues throughout the day. Absolutely. Because it's a different paradigm. What you're doing when you're homeschooling, I think, is what so many parents really want in their education, to teach your children how to learn. Yes. There is no way that one individual or even one school can teach a child everything they need to be a mature adult. And yet, what we can teach our kids is how to find the answers, how to find the mentors, how to find wise People around them to help mm. guide them how to find the Lord and lean on him amen and that's what we not only want to teach our children but we want to give them opportunities to practice that yeah. on a daily basis if I'm micromanaging my kids like I did when I first started okay. homeschooling, okay. if you micromanage your kids like that and make them sit down at the kitchen table eight hours whether they like it or not I'm robbing them of the opportunity to be creative okay to solve their own problems to work out their differences with their With their siblings. Yes. To start a job like my 10 year olds did, to really have an opportunity to do what God wants them to do and what they as children want to do. And homeschooling gives us that unique opportunity. I think so many parents during COVID saw their children sitting in front of a screen for eight hours of a day and said, I can do better. Right, (laughs) my child can do better. My child can learn better if I get him away from that screen. And that hope, that, that idea in their mind, I want to tell them and you want to tell them, you can do it. My mother graduated me and back in the days in the 80s and 90s, we were in Michigan and it was actually illegal to homeschool. Wow! And we were homeschooled back in the dark ages. (laughs) My mother only had a high school education, Mm -hmm. but that woman said, I'm going to learn. And my children are going to learn alongside me. And she gave me an excellent education. And so that's what I want to teach my kids. I don't know everything, but I can show you where you can get what you need to know and who is the one who is the father of all knowledge and can help you succeed. Oh, that's so good. I love that because, you know, that is what is central to our discipleship
1: efforts at home. is that we wanna make Christ known to our kids. We wanna see mm-hmm. Christ formed in our children. And I think it's so important to keep that as the central focus and having everything flow out from that. Like, So if you don't know, if you lack knowledge, James teaches us this, mm-hmm. let's ask the Lord, right? He gives yes. liberally. He's not gonna accuse you of being ignorant. He's gonna give you the wisdom that you are so desperately seeking. Now, I want you to talk to this for just a second, Leanne, because there are some people who are listening who are like, I don't know. I just don't like homeschoolers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're just. They're like. They're like. I would homeschool, but I just have met some homeschoolers that they just made me feel like you know I'm not doing it right, or I've I've you know commended my kid to hell because my kid is not being homeschooled, and so they carry that around, and there's yes. a real burden there, there's a block there that I think
2: probably stands in the way of them making maybe a, a spirit led decision. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to that a little bit? I think we have that, but we also have um, homeschoolings with homeschoolers in the media with bad testimonies mm-hmm. who have actually hurt the name of Christ and hurt the name of homeschooling. And so they think if I, and this happens in the media, not just with the national ones, but even locally, you hear, oh, these homeschoolers were being abused. These homeschoolers were not being taken care of. But you know what? this is true in the larger context. That's right. We have children all over the country who are not being cared That's for. Right. And homeschooling is one way that good parents can love their children 24-7. Mm-hmm. We don't have to leave them with someone else who doesn't have as much in that's right invested Who's care interest? as
1: much about your kids exactly. as you do yeah that's exactly. right exactly
2: so no one is going to put the same time and on their knees mm-hmm. for my child as i'm going to yeah and no one's going to care enough about making sure like i said before they know where to go for the answers yeah they know who to find for the answers i think a lot of people are afraid of being weird too
1: yeah for <laughs> sure let's talk about that a little bit right because when you say that you educate your kid at home uh-huh. It seems that maybe you dress them in potato sacks. Yes. Right? You know, like they, they are not exposed to culture, which yes. I say this is quality control. I am yes. determining the quality. <laughs> I am controlling the quality of the culture that my kids get exposed to and when yes. It's not that I'm trying to keep them in a bubble, but I'm trying to ready them to live in this culture. But there's this idea mm-hmm. that if you're homeschooling, you just are kind of like out there in on this – in the silo that you're just
2: you are afraid yes. of the culture and we don't all drive 15 passenger vans no <laughs> although my husband keeps
1: pushing hey, for it leanne look. please
2: stand with me today space, today. No. in solidarity don't do it <laughs> oh. please, don't do there's, it i'm like
1: this idea of there, he wants the a schoolers. white one too doesn't i bet he, he does <laughs> and he wants to get addison's written on the side oh come come no. there's our
2: homeschool van oh no anyway but no don't do it <laughs> um <laughs> I forget where the conversation was going now that about was so the funny. Weirdness that oh the is... weird ones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Those of us who are weird. Um I th- one way that we as homeschoolers, I think we are breaking the stereotype yeah. already. And people, you probably noticed this too when our kids are on sports teams, we're out on vacations, we're making friends at church, yeah. and we're having block parties in the neighborhood people don't know we're homeschooled. Right. And if it, like, accidentally slip, slips out or they'll be like, they'll say to your child, where do you go to school? Yeah, or and what it's grade like, are you in? I don't, I don't go to school, It's what they always say. <laughs> I don't go to school. <laughs> no, please, don't say that. Stop it. <laughs> but then they look at me funny and they're like, I didn't know that you were one of those homeschoolers. (laughs) Your cover is blown. And I say, we walk amongst you. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. You don't know where we are.
1: That's (laughs) That's funny. so funny. No, but I think it's great, though, because I I think the stigma that once surrounded homeschooling has been removed. Because Mm -hmm. as you started um, this interview, you said... I think in, in during COVID, people mm-hmm. had the opportunity to see the way their kids were learning mm-hmm. and to realize that they could do that, mm-hmm. that there was nothing that was so, you know, quote unquote magical about public education. There was mm-hmm. nothing quote unquote magical about what was happening inside a classroom outside of your home, mm-hmm. that you could create a learning environment, like yes. a lifelong learning environment inside the walls of your home.
2: Exactly, a lot of the um, COVID homeschoolers uh, started off in online homeschool programs mm-hmm. too, which is great. I'm so glad that they're out there because they really, for a lot of families, they end up being like training wheels. They get started on that and then mom wants to do more and yeah. more and more and yeah. then she's realizing I could teach this hour-long lesson in yeah. five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, so it kind of, it's great. You'll see a lot of homeschoolers just really grow into it and grow to love it. And now it's so different than when I was a homeschool kid. There is such a large community like we're here to enjoy today at this convention right right. there's what thousands of us right here and that's just in the Houston area there's so many and it's just so thrilling to be with them if you're on Facebook you just write a question: I'm homeschooling my kids. Where do I get my books? Oh, you'll get hundreds oh, yeah. <laughs> of answers. So, so many
0: resources. Yeah, so there's many. so much out there and so much yeah. help. There's homeschoolers
2: yeah. in your in your community. You can find them easily and get mm. together and learn from the wisdom of the homeschool moms that are around you.
1: So, Leanne, if our listeners right now, by the way, we're talking to Leanne Garfius, and she is the author of Everything You Need to Know About Homeschooling. If our listeners want to follow you and kind of keep up with what you're doing, if they want to get a copy of the book, how can they connect with you?
2: You can connect with me on my website. It's lagarfias.com, L-A-G-A-R-S like Frank, I-A-S like Sam. L.A. and you'll find links in there to my Facebook, to my Instagram. You can reach me anywhere on social media, and I'm always there. People can just, if you contact me, you're contacting me personally, I will answer your questions, find the answer for you. I want to be there to help homeschool moms be the very best they can be. So in the last
1: few minutes here, I want to specifically encourage and speak to um, moms and dads who are currently homeschooling, mm-hmm. if there is a mom who is wrapping up the school year and, um, and she's listening and she's like, I'm just so concerned that my kid is on track. Like I just, some days I feel like, have I gotten it right? Am, am I teacher extraordinaire or am, am I failing? Mm-hmm. What encouragement do you have for that mom? And what kind of resources do you offer? Maybe even in the book to know if your kid is on track or not?
2: Yeah, I have two things to say. First of all, there is an 80 or 90% chance your child is just fine. We worry too much about, is my child doing exactly what the public school kid next door is doing? And um, I would like to say you're doing a lot more and Mm. you just don't see it. You Mm. don't see what it is you're doing because your kid doesn't have as many worksheets maybe or isn't doing as much online. And again, not spending the same amount of time um, as a classroom manager for a teacher really needs to do. So don't worry about it. But number two, I did in everything you need to know about homeschooling for each age level, early learning, elementary, middle school, high school, I give you lists of what, where your child should be at the very least where, what they should be doing, what average children are often doing. And then if your child is gifted, what he can be working on next. So you can look at it and say, Oh, I'm telling you, I get messages all the time from, moms that said I looked in your book and you just saved me more sleepless nights. Oh because isn't that the truth that is worth it. I think the number one question I used to get before I wrote that book was is my child on track and I said moms need to be able to just open it up and say oh my word I'm doing just fine my kid is doing his best we want to encourage them
1: Okay, let's give the contact information because someone is listening and they're communicating in real time. They're like, hey, what's that contact info? So how can our listeners
2: connect with you? L-A-G-A-R-F like Frank, I-A-S like Sam.com. I have a contact form right on there. So if you you ask me a question on my contact form, um, as soon as this convention is over, I will answer your question and get right with you because I do want to be a help. Let me just,
1: one last question, I think this is probably all we have time for left in the program, but are there dangers or pitfalls in homeschooling? Can we pick one that you would, right off the top of your head, warn parents about? There's so many,
2: and I think something that's not always talked about in homeschooling, that there are dangers. Mm -hmm. There are things that we can fall into that are detrimental to our families, detrimental to our own spiritual life. So I have a whole chapter about that, and people are like, why are you talking about that? It's because we need to. We need to make sure we're the best homeschool families we can be. I think one of the biggest ones is mom's mental health.
1: Mm. women
2: are embarrassed to to say do you know what, I'm serious I think I'm clinically depressed yeah. mm. I can't deal with my children, I don't want to get out of bed in the morning, I don't want to teach them anymore, I don't want to keep on keeping on, mm. and moms need to know it's it's godly to reach out for help yeah god wants you to go to the doctor god wants you to get the help you need spiritually god wants you to lean on your husband Mm -hmm. to be the best mom you can be that's more important than the worksheets oh
1: that is so encouraging leanne you know one of the things that immediately comes to mind here is the ability within the community to be able to say without the fear of judgment, hey, I need someone to pray with me. Hey, I just need to confess that I'm bitter. I need to confess that I'm overwhelmed. And to find the kind of community, the family of God that responds with the word of God and right direction. Leanne Garfius, guys, thank you so much, Leanne. We appreciate you.
2: This was so much fun.
1: All right. Until tomorrow, (laughs) Lord willing.
0: God bless.